I'm just a little toxic podcast. I'm your host, Cali Cole, on the Game Changers Network. Yeah, got to get that in. And uh, I got a special <laughs> guest today. I'm excited because we already been chopping it up. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sabrina Newby, a host of the Inner Circle. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excited. You know, we, we were already going at it and going back and forth. Oh, you know, I already been worked up this week um, and really, really just been excited about 2022. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of uh, 20, uh, 2021, Soon as uh, Stacey Abrams announced that she was running for governor, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh man, Georgia about to be—it's about to be on." You feel me? Because <laughs> yeah. we we can't deny, you know, what happened and, and how they helped in, uh, in aiding the president, you know, get in office, mm-hmm. especially with Georgia. And it seems like Georgia is the battleground state right now. Yeah. So, uh, what are some things you're doing in Georgia uh, to get the word out and help the people be represented? Educating and mobilizing—that's mm. what we're doing. Um, one of the uh, Pivotal things that we were able to do during the election of last year was we were able to understand what was needed. And that was literally boots on the ground and, you know, mouth to ears, whispers, talks, conversation that had to take place within coastal Georgia. And uh, with that, we started about two years early. And then after we see the residual effect, which was basically flipping the state. And uh, I was, well, flipping the state for the nation. You know, I want to be clear about that because the state hasn't been flipped yet until we get Stacey in. So um, that was really proud about that. But there's so much more for us to do. So right, much right, more right. to do. And so where, where, in what part of Georgia do you mostly operate? Okay, so I am all throughout coastal Georgia. Okay. However, I live in uh, Hinesville, okay. Liberty County. Right, so right. we operate within 17 uh, counties of okay. coastal Georgia. And uh, basically, we just get in there and we do what needs to be done. So what are, what are your major, what are your like biggest concerns with coastal Georgia? What are some things that you see all along that issue, no matter what county you're in, no matter what city you're in, what are some things that you see that are a direct problem and a hindrance to our community thriving? Well, I'm glad you got a minute because... <laughs> I got it, I got it, we got it. Uh, there's so many things, uh, but one of the main things that I understand that we need is education. I'm always going to go to that. Uh, because education is the nucleus of everything. When we first got into um, basically just moving throughout coastal Georgia, um, from a business standpoint, I saw that there were basically opportunities that we did not have. And when I say we, I'm talking about people of color. We did not have those opportunities. So creating those opportunities was a must. But we met a, a wall. Because, you know, people tend to be resistant to things that they've never heard before. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we also had the political part of that. And the political part was basically saying, don't listen to these people who are telling you things you've never heard before. So when you have that mix, you get this wall. So I began to kind of like deep dive into why is this happening? You know, if someone tells me, look, this is how you can make a million dollars legitimately. And all you have to do is work at it. I'm going to listen. But that was a huge wall, you know, when it came down to business. Now, I do own a business, uh, my husband and I, so I felt like I had something viable to offer. Mm -hmm. But we could not move the needle on that. Mm. What we had to do was understand the cause of why we could not move the needle, and that was the political spectrum. Oh, wow, wow. You know, the people whom we elect affect what we can do. 
Definitely. Especially on a local level. Right. So when uh, we started to see that it really wasn't the education, it was alone. It was the political component and the edu- education. So if I'm a politician or a person of stature that you see have risen to the highest office in my locality, then I'm going to be respectful of what you say. Right, whether you're right, telling right. me the truth or not. Right. So that's what was happening here in coastal Georgia. We've had a lot of people be in positions for a very long time, and they've been able to achieve a level of a trust that someone who has been in business a very long time successfully mm-hmm. but is unknown in that locality has not. So we had to be able to penetrate that. And uh, once we started to really get down to the nitty-gritty, we were able to move that needle. Okay, so you talk. You say uh, uh, the political side—that's where the holdup is. Mm-hmm. Are you very dissatisfied with all the black uh, politicians in coastal Georgia, or are there just a few that you know, or you feel are in the way of the community? So here's what I'm going to say about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so uh, here's um, the thing: is we. And I say we because I'm talking specifically about the black community. Definitely. We tend to vote who we know. Definitely. We tend to vote for people we went to school with, who we go to church with, who we, you know, I've known this person all my life. But I need to understand what do you understand the policy that's going to not only affect you, but it's going to affect me. Yeah. But I trust you because you're my friend, or at uh, least I think. So what I say is we often elect people who really don't understand policy or searching themselves. Mm. So they just basically are told, okay, we're writing this policy up. What is the policy? Oh, the policy is blah, blah, blah. Okay. Not that they deep dive into it. Mm -hmm. They just basically trust whomever is telling them what that policy is to be what it is. Mm. So basically, you don't know that you've just basically brought in uh, predatory lending Mm. into our community. And I'm speaking about a certain bill that was brought about a few years ago right here within Coastal Georgia by one of our state representatives who basically signed off the only one of the only Democrats at the state level to sign for us to have predatory lending within Georgia. Ooh, who was that? Al Williams. Ooh, okay. You know, we have to call a thing a thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, my thing is, it's not that they have, uh, they are, you know, people would say, well, are, you, are they right or they're wrong? I think once upon a time, they were right. But as time evolved and changed, well, they may have basically dislocated themselves from what that movement looked like. You know, if I am marching with Dr. King, I'm going to continue that modus operandi. How did Dr. King do it? Well, we went to the churches. We we calmly marched. We peacefully marched. We didn't raise our voice. We were respectful because that's what was taught at that time. Well, we're in a different time. Mm -hmm. We didn't call out our elders at that time, but we're in a different time. Mm -hmm. This is why the millennials and this is why the Generation Z is basically at our throats Mm -hmm. because they're like, how basically are y'all just standing for this? We're not (laughs) talking for, we're not going to participate you know, we I understand that. So with that being said, we have an opportunity to change the scope overall. And yeah. I, that's what I hope to do. And we, we just even getting into the meat of this thing. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and when we come back, I'm going to come with my perspective of being in coastal Georgia and, and, and politicians. So we will really get into it. I got I got my uh, special <laughs> guest, Sabrina Newby of the Inner Circle. And uh, we got more coming up with your host, Cali Code. I'm just a little toxic podcast. Al Yee's hot sauce is the spirit of Savannah in a bottle. 
Its origins start in the Savannah seafood staple, David's Crab House. Its sweet and spicy flavor has a divine taste that doesn't overpower your food, it complements it. Al Yee's Hot Sauce is proud of the community support that has pushed this local gym to the national stage. Al Yee's black and purple label represents the people and the financial support of the community. If you're looking for mouthwater and flavor, reach for Al Yee's Hot Sauce. Visit online at alyeeshotsauce.com and follow on social media at Al Yee Hot Sauce. Al Yee's Hot Sauce. Al Yee for all ye. Al Yee for all ye. Are you hungry for some real down-home fried chicken? The kind that Big Mama used to make? Then come down to Big Chick King, operated by the owners of Big Chick McDonough. Big Chick has been serving the community for 50 plus years and has now expanded its menu to offer hot wings and the chicken and beef filling. Taste our delicious secret blend of herbs, spices, and love. And if it's a chicken sandwich you want, don't eat that wimpy chicken sandwich. Come get our Georgia famous nine ounce filet chicken sandwich. For the real taste in chicken, it's Big Chick and Big Chick King, home of the original marinated southern fried chicken. I'm just a little toxic podcast. I'm your host, Callie Cole, and I got my special guest, a uh, host of the Inner Circle, uh, Sabrina Newby. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Now, uh, earlier we were talking about, you know, po- politics and politicians in South Georgia and coastal Georgia. Um, one of the things that I've seen since I've been here, I am a resident and I pay taxes. I own land. I own a house in coastal Georgia. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've seen in the disconnection, especially with people my age, is just the way that the politicians do things. You know, me, when I, when I want to talk politics, when I want to sit down and talk money, I want to talk money. I want to talk mm-hmm. bank talk. When I want to talk about education, I want to talk education. You know, I love God. And, and and nobody loves God as much as I do. Mm-hmm. I, just as much as anybody loves God, I love them. But, you know, I get tired of that, that shuck and jive politician where they stand mm-hmm. up, they say a little scripture, and then they come to your church, mm-hmm. and they shake everybody's hands, and then you ain't seen them for a year, two, three years till it's time to run again. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing that continuance with people that they trust, but at the same time, the community doesn't switch it up. Right. You have the same commissioners. You have the, the same councilmen. Always, it's mm-hmm. like they already know it's a go. Uh, right. how, how do we combat that? How do we get new people uh, sparked and get into these positions, or even participate in a new way? I connect to passions, you know, and I see that you you have a passion. Mm-hmm. Your passion is to communicate these these necessities right, to the right, community. Right, right. That's my passion too. Definitely. And people will say that's political. I have a saying, and I always tell people, helping people is political, mm-hmm. you know. Right, but right. at the end of the day, it is about making those necessities happen. Mm-hmm. We have to do it because twenty years from now. 25 50 years from now it's going to be our children's children in in this place Definitely. and i don't want to i don't want to leave a legacy like that um at that time i do believe the reason why we continuously get the same elected officials is because people were afraid to run mm-hmm. you know i remember i'll share a story when um i also wear another hat i'm the ceo of the coastal georgia minority chamber so when i started the chamber i remember having a conversation with a prominent official, and I won't say this person's name because they're no longer uh, an elected official, they're a private citizen, but I remember them specifically telling me, girl, you better be careful 
these people, these white folks will kill you. That's mm. just what was told to me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I understood that. I get, I get that. But after having someone try to burn down my business, oh, wow. after having someone try to burn down the fence of my house, mm. what else is there? And, and, and you know, you know the people that did this, or you know where the direction coming from. Or oh yeah, we knew where the direction was coming from. You know, we held a our, one of our first things that we did in the community to um, talk about the uh, shootings, uh, police shootings. Just have a community conversation because I think ultimately that's what we lack mm -hmm. in the community. So we had this, and we had people literally driving through where we had it was open in the park. Uh, we had the uh, people driving through with fl rebel flags and, uh, you know, looking at us. They were just, it was just, it was an intimidation tactic. But, you know, I don't, I fear nothing but God. I believe mm -hmm. that model. I live by that model. Mm -hmm. So uh, my thing is, one of the things that we, one of the reasons why we continuously have the same things that we have is because people are afraid to run mm -hmm. or they don't have the money. So prime example. People always want to, for the, want to go for the highest seats of the office. You know, that's more recognition. Okay. <laughs> so a congressional seat to run in Georgia is almost $6,000. Now, you have some offices, like to run for mayor, it's over $1,000. Why? <laughs> I'm like, why? So, so that money is going to the city or what? Yeah, it goes. It goes back to okay. the city. But, but my question is, why? Why are we? And that's what we lack. We don't want to have the funding. Right, right, so right. we can't support ourselves, even though we may want to run. And we have great candidates and great potentials, but they can't pay the wages or the fee to actually, you know, run for these offices. Mm -hmm. Then you got to raise money. You know, we don't want to give money to candidates that could help us. You know, or I, I know him. Yeah, when we were in second grade, he told me he didn't <laughs> like me, and I don't like him since then. Right. You know, we don't give that person a chance. Mm -hmm. Or they're not from here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. know, they're not from here. So we have an education problem. And I'm not talking about formal education. I'm not talking about school education. I'm not talking because I know a lot of people who do not have degrees that are very capable of running the country. Right, right, you know, right, 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 you know, right. you talk. Let's take a prime example. Uh, you have some of these dope boys, as we call them, right, right, right. educated brothers and right, sisters. Right. They just don't have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. So put that effort to work. We could possibly change a community mm -hmm. all by ourselves. But where is the opportunity? Mm -hmm. So, fun, you know, basically giving that information, educating, you know, getting to the nucleus of everything. What controls us? But, but OK, so let me ask you this, because. When we talk about opportunities and we talk about building and do, how do we get to the point to where, okay, we say there's no money. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But then we want opportunities we want to create them. How do we eliminate them out of the equation of having to talk to them for our needs? Or is this a forever situation to where we got to come to the table and you know we got to sit down and, and make it happen? Is that the mm -hmm. only way to solve this? Or is there something separate that we could do? to stop playing this game because it seems like it's continuing on like it mm -hmm. doesn't change you got regimes and things that shake up and people do things different people act like they coming in to do this and that but they do the same old thing you know mm -hmm. it's like uh, uh in glenn county coastal georgia mm -hmm. same problem you got county commissioners who got millions of dollars in their budget 
who could do whatever they want. They don't do anything for the community. They just sit on the money. Right, but the right. people continue to put them back in. Right. And, I, and nobody's holding them accountable. You know, and, and, I, and just like you were talking about uh, uh, dope boys or people who are not as, uh, 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 I guess, spoken for or out, you know, in the mainstream society, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a brother like me, I'm, I'm brother. Once they taught me how to read in school, they was in trouble. I'm self-educated. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't go to college, but mm-hmm. I want the knowledge of knowing what I need to succeed. Like, what does it take to spark that in our people and in our young people? Well, I will say this. We are always stronger together. You know, right. divided we stand. I mean, united we stand, divided we fall. Right. However... You know, when it comes to our community, let's start with our community first. Mm -hmm. If there are several people in this room and if I ask each and every one of us, if you had to follow someone as your leader, who would it be? Mm. So I'm going to ask you, if I you had to follow someone as your leader, who would it be? That's hard because I probably just say my dad. So and I'm certain everybody else will probably say something else. At one particular time, I asked when President Obama was elected uh, as president, he was sitting in office. I was in an interview kind of sort of like this on on the radio. And I asked the people in the room, I said, if we had to follow somebody, who would we be? It's about seven to eight people in the room. Everybody said something different. I said, and this is why we don't we don't get to where we need to go, because everybody's got a separate viewpoint. We have a leader. What we need to be doing is communicating with that leader. But we can't do that unless we're all on the same page. So if you're going to be the person that wants to initiate this, you have to come to me and say, Sabrina, I want to do this. And I have to be big enough of a person to say, I trust you to be my voice. So bring me to the table. I'll go with you and I'll let you communicate with the person that's sitting at the table that can actually make a space for us. But we don't do that. But we and then we go we have a tendency to say, well, it's at a higher level or it's government. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's us. It's us. We are the nucleus. We are economic development. We are economic impaction. We can give and we can take away. We can build or we can destroy. We can buy whatever we want if we choose to. But a lot of times we are just so stuck in whether or not we should That is where we stay stuck. So when we stop thinking that we should or do we have a right even, Mm. you know, and just realize this is my place, too. I live here now. I am no longer beholden or I'm not beholden. or I haven't done anything to be beholden and understand our true power. We can do anything we want to do. Well, and it's it's hard to get that unity because we have so many different cares. You know, it's just like you saying. Oh, well, I, you know, I don't want to do this or I don't yeah. like this person. It's like all our cares are spread out. What, what, like, what's something that we all can say we agree on? Because I'm, I'm one of those people. I'm just forever going to be like that. I'm person. Mm-hmm. I'm not voting for you unless you're talking about what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the type. I haven't found a, a candidate. Right. I haven't found a candidate that works for me. And then I haven't found a candidate that wants to respect me and my views. You know, like I hate to take it on a national level, but, you know, in so many words, most people's attitude is Joe Biden's attitude. If you don't vote for me, you're black. You know, even even when you talk about the Democratic system, I don't even know where I fit in with with the Democrats and the Republicans. I don't see myself in either side. Right. And and as a young black man, how do I find myself inside of that? I don't don't see it anyway. I see black women moving up. I see Stacey Abrams doing a thing and running. I Mm -hmm. see her going for it. You know, but it seems like as a black male, I don't feel confident. I don't want to run. You see how they did a what's his name? Kasim Reed in in Atlanta. I don't want to be responsible for that because they're not going to let me slide as a black male. You know, how do I get 
to the 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 to the next level and be that person but you know take all that and still be able to function in society it's kind of hard you know it seems like a bigger task to right me. well first of all i what i would say is you got to let go of the fear mm-hmm. you must let that go second of all the reason women have are starting to do their thing is because we understood we had to come together. I was in a meeting and I was with uh, one of our congressmen and they were asked, why was the Asian community able to get a bill to support stop Asian hate so quickly? And black folks who've been at this for so long have not been able to get anything. And it was one simple answer. They united. That was it. Mm. Once we unite, And a lot of people oftentimes say, you know, and I I hear you when you say, you know, I need someone that can speak to my issues. I have talked to a lot of folks that don't look like us who are very well off, very wealthy. And you know what they've told me? They don't really care about the politician. They just want somebody available when they call to answer the phone. So they want to be heard, too. They want to be respected, too. They want their they want somebody just to listen. So here we are. We have that opportunity. But the thing is, in order to make it effective, is we have to come together. Male, woman, whatever. Okay. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to wait till the next take. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little toxic podcast. I got more coming up with my special guest, Sabrina New. At Eagles Landing Diabetes and Endocrinology, our business is your health. Dr. Ronald S. Watts and his staff are dedicated to the pillars of quality health, such as equity, effectiveness, efficiency, integration, safety, timeliness, and people-centeredness. Eagles Landing Diabetes and Endocrinology specializes in the evaluation and treatment of diabetes and endocrine disorders, thyroid, neck and parathyroid gland ultrasound examinations, and vascular examination for peripheral artery disease are just some of the services that Dr. Ronald S. Watts and his staff provide. Looking for treatment? We are currently accepting new patients. Eagles Landing Diabetes and Endocrinology accepts all major insurance. Give us a call at 770-389-9494 or visit us at 550 Eagles Landing Parkway, Suite 110, Stockbridge, Georgia. Eagles Landing Diabetes and Endocrinology. Our business is your health. Visit us at eldiabetes.org. There are no mistakes or regrets in this life, only the opportunity to learn and evolve. Leave your imprint on this earth. In that process, it's a responsibility and calling to aid others where possible. When you've been blessed, you should look to be a blessing. That can take the form of your time and resources. You only have one life to make a difference in others, so why not show up and be great? But not for the sake of yourself, but for a generation of onlookers who are looking to see what's possible. Being a State Farm good neighbor in the community is a privilege that I don't take for granted. My name is Sherry DeVos-Denard, and my office is located in the industrial side of McDonough, Georgia. We service all of Georgia and neighboring states Alabama and South Carolina. You can reach us today for all of your auto, home, life, and small business needs at 678-782-3005 or online at sddinsurance.com and on all social media platforms. We look forward to earning your business. I'm Just a Little Toxic Podcast. I'm your host, Callie Cold, and uh, my special guest, Sabrina Newby, host of The Inner Circle. Uh, we've just been having a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, just talking about the coastal Georgia community um, and our community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we're talking about uh, participating in, 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 in local politics and local government. 
Um, two things, two things. One of the first things that bothers me, and in, in, even as being a black man, like say I'm eligible to be, you know, a, a prominent figure, or eligible to be a councilman. Mm-hmm. I don't want no thirteen thousand dollar job. I don't want no $14,000 job that they're going to expect me to be perfect on to be there. I'm already working. I'm already dealing with low wages. Mm -hmm. So I don't want no $13,000, $14,000 job. Then you you talk about uh, Jacksonville, Florida. I use Corinne Brown for Mm -hmm. example. Everybody getting their grease on in the government. If I get my grease on, I'm thrown out and I'm going to jail. But if I'm making thirteen thousand dollars, I gotta get my grease on. Right? How do we? How do we have somebody of prominence, and we want somebody to do so much and be working around the clock for the people, but pay so low? Mm-hmm. You know. And then on the flip side, though, you got uh, a spots like city manager, county manager, everybody making over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Uh, what? Uh, Jeff Chapman in in uh, uh, Glen County, he was going for county manager. He asked for half a million dollars. A year. Only a white man could do that. I couldn't even ask for for, for $50,000. He asked for half a million dollars, and they were going to give it to him if it wasn't exposed. And these are the type of things that that we see is like, hey, there's no place for a black man in that. Like, that's a a major problem. I I don't see how to get around that. Money is always going to be to the forefront of a black man because you how can you take care of your kids? Right. You know, most of the time with black people, we in three, four relationships. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like we're going to stay in the same relationship. You're in three, four relationship. You might have one or two kids. If you're really taking care of your kids, you really ain't going to have no money as a black man. Mm-hmm. So that that type of these type of hurdles, you know, I think are a disconnect with black men and black women. Mm-hmm. Where you're talking about black women, where maybe if she is only making this amount of money, she has access to so much more. And it's mm-hmm. not a ter- I'm not down and it's not a hate because mm-hmm. I want listen, I want the women and children taken care of first. I'm a man like that. You feel right, me? Right. But at the same time, uh, we need the men to be taken care of first so we can take care of the rest of everybody the right way. And, but I don't see how we can combat that. I don't, I don't see I don't see anyone trying to combat that. That's like the big I feel like the forgotten one. Look, at I feel I'm, you see this face. It's the forgotten <laughs> face for real. It's the forgotten face. I, I feel so bad about what I'm about to say. <laughs> no, 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 don't say it. It's, it's, be toxic. Don't say be toxic. But, you know, in within our community, we have mental health struggles. Mm-hmm. I do believe the trauma that's currently happening around our black men, with our black men, to our black men, is causing this residual effect. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have been with my husband for almost married for almost 30 years and I have followed him all around the world and he finally got to the point where he was like because when we were in Germany I did not want to come back to America I was I had gotten a a really great job and I worked up and I did not want to leave so I had the opportunity and to basically stay in Germany and they were going to increase my pay now I was going to go from making $27,000 a year to $40,000. Then they were going to give me another $20,000 for housing and locality wow. pay. So I'm not coming back. I was right. 20, 25 years old. I didn't want to come back. Right. My husband said, yeah, we're going back. Mm. We went back. Okay. We went back. If we don't have the respect within the relationship, then, of course, you're going to feel like this is not working for me as a man. Mm-hmm. It's the same way for a woman. 
you know, when my husband tells me something that I don't, you know, I don't agree with, I feel those feelings. I do. Mm -hmm. But what we have been taught in our community and I, you know, no offense to anyone who is religious or we have been taught about the submission to one over the other. And it's not that you're supposed to be evenly yoked, meaning we share the responsibilities, the burdens, the trauma, whatever we need to order to get us to the next step. And that's what me and my husband sub- subscribe to. Now, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. I don't see myself. I know that you're stronger than me as a man. I know that. I respect that. But if I'm earning as your spouse seven figures, or six figures, let's say six figures. And if I'm earning the six figures and I'm bringing that six figures home to you and I'm saying, here, baby, here's my check. Mm -hmm. You are the man of my household. I don't care what it, what money does not make there be an hierarchy. It's basically, it is an us thing. What do we need in this house to improve it? We don't go and like my husband will not go out and just arbitrarily purchase something. We're going to talk about it. But if he really wanted, I understand that. And we give it to him. So we had to now, mind you, wasn't like this early on in our marriage Mm -hmm. because it was, I'm the man of the house, you know, I'm the man, but it is about, you know, growth, evolution. And that's something we don't talk about in our communities. We definitely don't talk about in our relationships. I see a lot of uh, people giving relationship advice on social media. And I'm like, I want to tell them so bad. Shut up. Right, 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 right. You've only been married for two days right, right, and right. you cannot yeah. give nobody no advice, That's you know, yeah, yeah. you know, and even now at where we're approaching our 27th wedding anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, people ask me, give me marital advice. Mm-hmm. You know what I tell them? I can't give you that advice because what happens in your household is yeah, very different from mine. So my thing with us is basically, again, We have to come not only with the unity aspect, Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to relationships, men and women, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that there will not be one over the other, because if there is this, when we die, women can be taught misogyny just as men can. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I have had girlfriends Mm -hmm. that thought toxic when it came to talk, when it came to other women, Mm -hmm. I know men who think toxic when it comes to women Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. There really is no difference Mm -hmm. other than what we've been taught by the submission and what we're, the man is the head of the household and we've been taken from the rib and this, and I, you know, a, a lot of this is what people truly believe. And I'm not disrespecting that, but in re- real time, our household, mm-hmm. we have to come to terms with, you know, this is my right. Mm-hmm. This is my left. And we walk together in that manner. We can't, if we let go, one of us going to fall behind. Well, okay, so check this. Can I be toxic for yeah, a second? Yeah, be toxic. Okay, so what you're, what you're talking about is the first thing you said to me is that you, as a man, you recognize I'm stronger than you. That's yes. why you're right. But do you respect my mind enough to tell you when I tell you, no, don't do that. That's not the best thing for all of us right. to stop. Right. It's that like forget the strength. Like right. I want my mind respected like a white man. Right. You know, I, I've seen it happen over and over again to where we have different issues in our communities. Mm-hmm. White men, they make all the money and they're not dealing with an educated woman. Mm-hmm. Us, we fighting trying to stay out of prison and making enough wages, and then we dealing with like this super educated 
machine that just keep on spitting out women, whether they throw them in the nursing system, where they throw them in politics, they throw them, especially in government, corporate America, all over. Mm -hmm. So there, there's this big divide as to, as a black man, if you're what you're up against and trying to battle and deal with this person who's growing up here right. and you're only coming to here, like how much of that is on the black man and how much is that is on the woman? How much is the how do you compromise that far as thinking? Because we're not just fighting old values and, and, and things that you see. I, if you're on social media, if you're on the internet, you see the ideology and how mm -hmm. people think. Like, how the black man and the black woman is, it's totally divided. It's a me versus you type thing. It's all the way like that. All the way to the support of Kamala Harris. I'm from California. We, I don't rock with Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. She done locked up too many brothers that look like me. I don't rock with her. Mm -hmm. I don't rock with Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Prison affects me. I got a cousin right now. He ain't getting out. Mm -hmm. He's not getting out. And, and these are the things that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And these are, 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 are the, uh, the things that are to the forefront of our mind. When are, are what the black men are going through going to be to the forefront of everybody's mind? That like, to, like what are we going to say, okay, we need to stop everything we need to do to get you right? Not even a grown man. I'm talking about 10-year-old boys, 11-year-old boys. So when are we going to focus on Because that's what we keep losing. Mm -hmm. It's getting better and better for the young ladies. Mm -hmm. It's getting better and better. More education, more opportunities, seeing themselves more. Uh, like, like right now, we got Stacey Abrams running. Uh, she's running for governor. How, you know, how does Stacey Abrams pop up and get to run for governor in Georgia? I'm not saying she's just popping up, but I'm mm -hmm. saying jump over all the black men who done did so much work. And I'm not saying she don't deserve it. I'm not saying. But I'm saying, how does it happen where none of those black men get a shot? And Stacey Abrams all of a sudden get a shot. That's kind of that. That seems kind of odd to me. So I think what you've said as a collective, you you've mixed three things into yeah, I, I, a I bowl of gumbo. Because you, you threw it at me. Because <laughs> no. we were talking about that, then you threw the household on me, and then you well, no. like, see, you did it. <laughs> see? I, I'm talking your language. See, you see, see? I'm talking your language. <laughs> well, see, but okay. So let's t let's talk. Let's start to pull out some of the things from the bowl of gumbo. Right, right, right. So you, there's an eye issue. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all. As a black woman, I don't compare myself to no woman. Mm -hmm. It's always Sabrina, Sabrina, a mm -hmm. black woman, and what we're going to do. So what's happening to the left or the right of me in regards to another woman doesn't mean anything to me. So that's the I well, issue. But she was talking about unity, though. That's cool. Okay, but I, we have to take okay. away the gum from the gumbo. Mm -hmm. You said a we issue. Mm -hmm. The we issue is basically helping our brothers and sisters understand that there is no eye issue. It is an eye issue. No, it's not. Because the eye issue is something that you willingly are taking on for yourself. You, it's what, you talking about with black men? Well, yes, because uh, I'm... Uh, no, numbers it, tell it different. No, no, no. I'm talking about the no. gumbo, because we, then we're going to get to the uh, them issue. Because I, 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 I would say there is an eye issue with black men. I, I, don't, I don't think we cannot say that. So we have an I'm, our own mind, mm -hmm. then as a mind, as a collective, which mm -hmm. is the we, mm -hmm. and then they have their minds. So this is what we're taking away from the, the gumbo okay. of it all. So once we control ourselves and understand that there is nothing equal to you, nothing, that's your I issue, that's fixed. Then you have the we issue. And once we understand nothing equal to, to you as a person, you once mean? you understand that there's always you versus you, it is always you versus you wake up every morning. I wake up every morning and it is always Sabrina versus Sabrina. 
I don't care what's going on to the left of me. I don't care what's going on to the right of me. I'm not going to compare myself to another woman. Mm -hmm. I'm not. There's no reason for me to. Mm -hmm. We, we have an issue as a collective because we're not a foundation for each other. Mm. Once we become a foundation for each other, and I can reassure you, Mm. which is what I'm doing now, Mm. is there is not another human being on this earth that I've ever met that compares to you. Mm. You are a very unique experience for me. Once you know that about yourself, then you will basically respect that. Then we have a them issue. We always talk about what they do, what they do, what they do, what they do. What about coming back to that we issue? What can we do together to eradicate them ever doing anything to us again? Those are the things that we have to look at. And and, and, and see, that's where I get Sabrina because it sounds good, but then you're still introducing the same cycle of joining into their game. And and see, and I'm I'm, I'm saying this. You to are you. an anarchist. Yeah, no, no, and, and <laughs> no. And, and let me say this: I look in the camera and say this. Hey, I'm married. Uh, I have a daughter. She's nine years old. She lives with me. I'm a high-functioning black man. I own my own house. I pay my own taxes. I go to work every day. I, work, I do 10, 20 different things. I'm on that. You know, I'm on, I'm on top of that. That right there is, is me. I don't have any of them issues. What I don't have is time to play games. And mm-hmm. the cycle of games, black men are to the point of saying, you know what? I'm not even going to be in it. My dad, 24 years in the military from Birmingham, Alabama. His 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 uh his birth certificate it almost say nigger it say nigger it say nigger yeah it's that straight up at nineteen fifty nine Birmingham mm-hmm. Alabama the, I cannot unshape what what I've been taught because I've seen it everything mm-hmm. he said he ain't a liar you know so we, when you talk about what we're up against or what we're battling it, I I don't see anything past that. I don't see anything past the same issues where we're fighting against not getting compensated, not being respected, being over-policed, and then at the same time, the hyper-violence that we have going in the community versus versus each other. You talk about, you want to talk about unity, well, dang, you, if we want to talk about unity, how can I get somebody that, that, that look like me not to shoot at me? Can I say to share the story? Mm-hmm. Because you brought up some great points. When I was a little girl, um, my father, um, so I have seven siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, two of them are step, but, you know, we're all one big happy family. Out of all of my siblings, I was the only one that did not know my biological father. Mm-hmm. The only one. Mm-hmm. I think I met him like twice, and mm-hmm. he gave me $2 and promised to give me things that he never did. Right, right, right. Okay, so I grew up. With my mother raising us, I was the middle child, so I was the fourth. So I grew up with watching my mother, the men that she dated, coming to the house threatening her. Mm -hmm. I remember hiding under the table out of fear that this this man was going to kill us. Mm -hmm. I remember where my grandfather, out of all of us, he took me under his wing. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, but he did. I remember my grandfather walking down this path from our yard. We call it the plum patch. Mm. And I remember as a child hearing a cat scream, or so I thought. It was my grandfather. Mm. There were some black men who had beat him up Mm. and robbed him for a dollar and 50 cents. I remember as a little girl 
oiling my grandfather's head and his back because white men who he would haul trucks of wood on their trucks had pushed him off the back of a truck and let the logs roll on his head and his back. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to oil those down for him as a little girl mm-hmm. and listen to him tell me about the stories. So you don't think that's imprinted in my, not just my mind, but in my spirit forever. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. But I know my grandfather, who died in 1986, at the age of 86, would not have wanted me to retain that and hold on to that. He would want me to use that to get to that next level and make it better so somebody else's grandfather wouldn't have to experience that because that's what we're experiencing still to this day. We have black-on-black crime. Mm -hmm. We have white-on-black crime. It's going to continue because when we say that you know, and I get it. But see, and that's the thing. I see you could say that, but I'm the one. I'm the one who. I'm the one. I'm. I'm. You saying it's gonna continue, but I'm the one. It, it ain't gonna continue for me. I'm gone. If I'm but, gone, if, if 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 I get faced with those issues, I'm gone. And see, that's but we what are facing those is. issues right now. We're facing those issues right now. Look what happened with Ahmaud Aubrey. Was he not chased down the street and beaten and killed? Was he not? That just happened. So. We're still here and we're having this conversation. But what we decided to do. But that's what I'm saying. You say that, but I am Ahmaud Aubrey. I'm Tamir Rice. That's me. My husband's Ahmaud. My children are Ahmaud. My grandkids. But here's where it stops because, see, we Mm -hmm. have decided to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. And we are building a foundation of understanding and education. And we are communicating this to the masses. All of your audience member is basically taking this conversation, and I hope they regurgitate it to whomever they know. Because this is how they they need to hear it. Yes, this is how they need to hear it. That's how they need to hear it, you know? And and, and that's that's the thing. Uh, I I, I like the viewpoints that you have because it is about building and molding and shaping, you know, but yeah. at, but at the same time, you know, there are some views that I can't let go because society won't let it go. You know, when I go when I go places, you know, I've been working in, in corporate America for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been I'm doing my job and doing it well. Mm-hmm. But somewhere, some places, I'm still just a nigga. It's not because I'm sour. See, the reality makes people feel like we, we sour. But mm-hmm. I'm only saying I'm a nigga because that's what people call me. That's what people look at me at. I'm not saying it because I feel that way, but I'm saying that's how I'm, I'm treated. Mm-hmm. That that's how it's happened. So uh, those things, those stigmas, and those and those, and those things that we're facing, I feel like sometimes the strategy of doing, you know, uh, uh, getting so involved in the politics and the city council and, and, and going and rallying up all this stuff and chasing these white folks, mm-hmm. I think it's a waste of time. I've sub- I've subscribed to the. I'm going to get money and take care of my household mm. mindset. And that might do even better if I can get that. See, I feel like we're skipping over that. I feel like we've made this broad thing and made the community. But most of the brothers, you know, we we, we got to connect with our kids every day. Mm-hmm. We have to stop and say, hey, are we checking on this one? Are we talking to this one? That's the first one. Mm-hmm. I think we're I think with black men, it's kind of hard to ask us to to get on this bigger scale without fixing the first thing, because we're not even connected. How many guys can really just go up and say, hey, I'm speaking to the community and all these kids, and it's like, well, dang, they'll be like, bro, you ain't seen your kids. That's the level that we're at. And so it, it's almost like the best thing for to do is to say, hey, put back and start first. Build your house first, and then I, go out. We. But, 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 it has to, but it has to be. 
It has to start with because it's one. Each one. See, the, the, we can't mass it out and then skip and, and, and then skip what we're supposed to be doing because you call it to your house first. I agree. So you just you just completed what I said. You have you just spoke about the I mentality, the we mentality, and the them mentality. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. Even I, I have been called the B word, a black B. Because you know, I don't let anybody tell me anything. No, but it's I don't. I'm not. I love being a nigga. I am that nigga. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I listen, like that. Listen, you, no, no, you got no, no. Listen, I, I own being the lowest of the low. My family. I'm a descendant of Sapelo Island slavery. Mm-hmm. You know when they when I buried my grandma. We buried my grandma last year. We buried my grandma on Sea Island Golf Course. They out there playing golf. We got a we got a burial plot out in the middle of Sea Island Golf Course on the water. It used to be my family. Used to be my family land. We got a burial plot out there in the middle of white people's uh, 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 luxury never never land. Mm-hmm. That's the type of mind. That's who you're looking at. So now I'm saying, what's going to take us to the next level? What's going to hit it and knock it out the park? Because we need it done tomorrow. That's just how I feel. Well, we're starting because mm-hmm. we're having the conversation. Right, right, right. And right. one of the main thing is, you know, we have to continue to have these conversations. It can't stop after this, right. these tapes stop rolling. You know, we have to continue. We have Definitely. to bring other people to the fold. I really respect the fact that you are a young person. One of the people that you said, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that or I am that. You know, you're owning it. But I don't want you to own it because somebody else feels like you need to know your place. One of the good things about me is I remember my grandfather saying how they used to tell him, you need to know your place, boy. Mm-hmm. I have gotten to the point, I don't care who the person is, if they're wrong, they're wrong. So they need to learn their place. And you're, you know, I, I get the mentality of saying, I'm the lowest of the low, but you're really the best and you have to own that. But I, but I don't want you to say that because I, I wouldn't be. Like, I don't want you to get wrong. I've been working. I, I work for iHeartRadio. I'm a, I'm a, at the new hole. I, I'm letting you know mm-hmm. how what. See, you, it's you. You talking about inner? No, my inner is not my perception. See who you are. Or your outer. It, 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 yeah, but see who you are don't got nothing to do with what they view you as or what the world see you as. See, that's what I'm saying. When I go to the store, nobody don't care. I work for iHeartRadio. When I'm coming in and out the store. All they see is a black man coming out. How I dress right now, if I go out there and walk down the street and I'm somewhere, they're going to say I'm loitering in the parking lot. And they don't even. And and so but you're saying that's a problem. But I'm saying that's hindering us from going those places. We don't feel like that. That's what I'm saying. I I have to disagree respectfully Mm -hmm. because of the fact I am a black woman. Mm -hmm. I have experienced the same thing that you've experienced. I just don't own it. What they say to me, you know, and I understand that I can be stopped by a police officer. I understand what could happen. I understand that. But I refuse as a black woman to live my life in a a silo of fear. I will not do that. Well, it's not fear. It's just saying I'm not playing the game. I'm not I'm not scared. I can go anywhere. But it's it's not the fear. But I'm a, you know what? I'm going to have you come back. Listen, Sabrina Newby, I, I listen, I love you. I 
love and, you. And, and, you know, this has been a tremendous show. I love it. She's she going to make me talk all night. I'm sweating. <laughs> I done got real toxic. I'm sweating and everything. Oh, Jamal Teray's about that. to come on. So you <laughs> so ain't done that yet. But you know what? I'm going to have you come back because I of want course. you to come back. I want to keep building. And, and, and we're going to do our thing. And, and, and this is not, and we're not just going to do this. We got some black business stuff coming yeah. up. So y'all definitely be watching. Uh, how can the people get in touch with you? Well, you guys can find me on Facebook, Sabrina Newby, or you can find me on TikTok, which is the 1CD FDW chairwoman or Madam Chair and uh, Coastal Georgia Minority Chamber or the First Congressional District Federation of Democratic Women. You better than that. <laughs> you, better, <laughs> you better than me at that. You nailed that. Hey, I'm just Wait, I have one question before. before. You said you would never vote. So I'm going to ask you, if I were a candidate that ran for office within this district, would you vote for me? Hmm. It depends on what you was doing. I, I need, I need, I need you. I need something specifically from you that uh, that that you know tickles my black ears. So that something, something that to, to me because people like to get their ears tickled, but that stuff don't tickle my ear. When but people no, be up there, but I need something to tickle tickles my. I ear. have to say this. That to me says a lot because you were adamant about it at first. You were saying I'm not voting, but you just said, Oh no, no, and see, I don't. I'm saying I'm not voting. I want the candidate. I want the candidate. I okay. Want, I I just, level. I just I, want listen, to say I want the governor who's going to go ahead and sign Sapelo Island and St. Simons Island back to my people. I want the county commissioner who's yeah. going to go back and and, 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 get, and go look in the files and look who owns it. I want the, the I want every local politician to be a part of that plan. But if they're not a part of that plan and not say, talking the talk that I need on getting my people's property back, because mm-hmm. it's possible. We've seen what happened in L.A. with Manhattan Beach. It's possible now. You know, but but do do I have anybody that wants to fight with Ritz Carlton? Do I got anybody that wants to fight with the army? Yeah, you got fighters. You got you got assassins no, I'm about, in this room. I'm talking, about, I'm, ta- <laughs> I'm talking about a whole army of people who want to fight with those people and face the corporation, but it's not. Because sometimes you don't need a whole army. Sometimes you just need the right voice, and that's the thing. That's all. Sometimes you just need the right voice mm-hmm. because we're not afraid to address these situations. But I want to say this is a win. This is a win because again, you were an anarchist. And now I'm there's this yeah, yeah, possibility. Yeah. So possibility. this is a win. It's a possibility. Hey, we got more more coming up. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna have you back on the show. I really enjoyed you. Likewise, Thank you for blessing my podcast. You're definitely. You you, you brought yeah, you, you brought it, definitely. <laughs> and uh, uh just a little toxic podcast. I'm feeling real toxic right now. It's your host Callie Cole, and that was my conversation with Sabrina Newby. Curtis Butler III was born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. His family originates from the small nearby town of Aiken. After graduating high school, Curtis joined the Army. He served his nation admirably during combat and decided the time was right to start a civilian life. Somewhere along the way, things failed to turn out as planned. Curtis soon found himself homeless while facing one of the toughest battles of his life. Instead of allowing the situation to dictate his life, Curtis struck out and took control, making him a hero all over again by winning a seven-year fight with the VA administration in obtaining his disability benefits and now helps others in the same situation. Curtis is now an advocate for veterans. He has written two books. His second book is a warrior married to his wife and PTSD. Curtis understood far too many veterans were coming home to nothing and are being forgotten. His hope is to help as many of his fellow veterans during their struggle to find meaning and purpose in the real world as they adjust to a normal life. Don't give up. Help is out there. I'm Natasha Fabian, founder of the Producers Network Insurance. 
I want to show you how to build a legacy with me, the Benefits Lady. With over 25 years of professional wealth building experience, my company has helped many families to find their way to financial freedom. What is the legacy that you're leaving for those you care about the most? We can make your vision a reality. We truly believe in enriching our clients. I want to show you how to create wealth using the same money you already spend on a monthly basis. Call me to schedule a legacy building appointment, 770-892-1247, or go to our website, www.producersnetwork.biz. Follow Let's Talk Legacy with the Benefit Lady on Facebook. Let's get started building your family's legacy today.